there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, everybody. Welcome into the Varsity Club podcast. Derek Peterson here. And joining me for the first time on Hail Varsity podcast is Aaron Sorensen. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. I jumped the gun on saying hello because I didn't know if like you were going to pause, so got to work on the timing. No, you're okay. It's Ugh. better than when we're, you know, when you've got a, a podcast with a bunch of different people on Skype. Right. And there's all those awkward silences because nobody knows who's talking next. Right. Or there's also that hesitation because sometimes somebody's computer is lagging. Mm-hmm. So it's also like when newscasters throw it to somebody and they're in the field and it takes them about 10 seconds to get the now to you out in the field whatever and so they're just standing there awkwardly with their hand on their ear waiting those bug me a lot more than they should <laughs> especially because like well, don't we have enough technology to like make that not happen but apparently not yeah you'd think it'd be pretty safe um on hailvarsity.com there's plenty of stuff for you guys to read before we get started on this podcast we're going to plug some things brandon vogel has a, a really good piece in hot reads this morning on three stats and a couple of them are focused on the offensive line of things on the offense that need to improve this season that would lead to the biggest turnaround um, that was really good he found a way to embed an instagram picture onto our site so cool there um big red recon just got posted by greg smith so make sure you read up on that and um get all the more snuggets that's a thing now Sucker yeah jacob and i i did have the i just actually read through uh greg's recruiting recon it's really our big red recon he uh he breaks down a lot of pretty interesting people that fans will want to keep an eye on he has some official visit information which will be here before we know it because the season's not that far away at this point so if you are a subscriber to the website you definitely want to go run and check that out because you will know things about kids making visits to nebraska before anyone else and so then you can use that as like your you know, your talk over the weekend. And if you subscribe, uh, you can still get the yearbook yes. as long as you subscribe through July 24th. Is that yep. what it is? July 24th. So you have essentially until the end of Big Ten Media Days. You can get the Scott Frost cover yearbook. You can get Frost meme uh, and be happy in your life. Yeah. On the podcast today, we're going to talk about... Uh, I have a, a comparison that was supposed to be... Greg Smith was supposed to be able to, to get it. But he is not here. You're rolling your eyes. I rolled my eyes so hard. They're down the street. Um, We'll we'll talk about... It's kind of been a a boring offseason for Nebraska a little bit. We'll talk about um, that and kind of what I mean by that. Oklahoma State is starting to sell alcohol at uh, sporting events. I want to get your thought on that and uh, whether Nebraska should follow suit. Um, And then we will finish up uh, opponent previews. We talked non-conference. We've talked East teams so far in the podcast. We have not talked West teams yet. Uh, and it's getting close to Big Ten Media Days, so I figured we might as well finish that now. Why not? Um, but first, let's get to kind of like a question of the week segment that we need to start. I don't really, not really good at quippy names, so if somebody listening has a, a name that they would like to submit, I'm all for it. Um, but Richard Fitzwell on Twitter, at corn underscore huskers, sent us this question. How did you question. get that handle? Uh, Richard, how did you get that handle? He's probably had it for a while. Because is it corn? It's, it's corn underscore corn huskers. huskers. Yeah. Good for you, Richard. Good for you. You could probably sell that and make some money. Yeah. Uh, Richard asked us, what theme or idea would you like to see the students use for their game day attire this season? Something that everybody could go along with. The frost mustache from Twitter, a revival theme. I asked you this before we started recording and you've got some thoughts. Yeah. So I understand what Richard is asking because I think a lot of times from what I hear fans They want to be involved in what the student section is doing. And so more often than not, I think it's not so much a question of, I don't know, what can the students do to involve everyone else more or so how can everyone else get involved with what the students are doing? And I think there's a there's something to note here. And I remember I actually did a story for Hale Varsity two two seasons ago on the big uh, DJ Khaled banner that said, and, you know, another one for the sellout streak. 
And people were upset because they felt like, well, this this isn't traditional. It doesn't, you know, speak to the tradition of Nebraska football. But the thing that they didn't realize is DJ Khaled retweeted that and shared it. It got picked up by most major networks and news stations across the country. Um, a lot of very famous people, because they're friends with DJ Khaled, were also sharing it, talking about how cool Nebraska is. That was the goal of the student section. They sure. wanted to show that, like, Nebraska isn't just, you know, what we always see from what Fox Sports did last year. It's not just cornfields sure. surrounding Memorial Stadium. Wait, yes, it is. It is? Yeah, it's nothing but cornfields oh, surrounding. man, I forgot about that. No, they. Uh, I think what's important for fans to do is this year, when the students decide we're going to do the blackout or we're going to go with whatever theme, two things that have to happen here. One, it would be helpful if the athletic department could be more involved in getting that messaging out. So yes. that way more fans knew what was going on. But I would also challenge fans not to complain about, oh, I don't want to do a blackout. Blackouts aren't cool or the sea of red or, oh, I don't like that. It's not traditional. Instead of being upset by what they're choosing to do, go along with it. And support them because you you have to remember these are who these these students are selling the university to the next generation of students. We want more people to come to Nebraska, right? That's the goal. I'm an alum of the university. We want more people to want to be here. So when the students start doing these things that may seem crazy, go with it. So for me, I think I'm gonna go with something simple. Let's just go with the a true blackout theme this year but have people actually show up and do it. So not just that one little quarter of the stadium. I want a whole stadium blackout. I want people to show up in their blackout, you know, their black shirts, mm-hmm. all their gear. And I would love for the university to help support that and get the messaging out because they're vital to making that happen. I remember last year when they did the blackout, I remember walking in thinking, looking around and thinking, this isn't great. This could have been better. There's not this a ton isn't of people great. In black. And then um, other people on the beat that have been here for a while were like, this is really good. This is better than what we've had. It was actually pretty good. Which is not good. No, like, I it don't. needs to be, like, like from some, like, I mean, I've seen checkerboard. I've seen full-on whiteout. I've seen other things that have happened um, other places. I won't name them. Um, but Penn State. We don't need to talk about Penn State ever again. Um, well, we will have to eventually talk about Penn State again. Well, they do not play them this year, so we will not have to talk about them this year. So Penn State has been blacked out of my mind. But it could have been so much better. And it, I feel like, is there too much rigid traditionalism in this fan base? Well, I realize you never got to experience hip-hop hogwash, did you? Have you ever heard of it? No. Okay, so for those that are listening that know what I'm talking about, feel free to tweet your thoughts of hip-hop hogwash at Derek, but... It essentially was somebody who wrote into a local paper that they were upset with the hip-hop hogwash that was getting played so loudly over the intercoms and the speaker systems at the football games. They actually used hip-hop hogwash. They said hip-hop hogwash. I can even, while we're talking, I will Google the, like, statement exactly as it is. But it sort of, I think for me, explained exactly where Nebraska is sort of, like, in this, like, Oh, I just found a Sports Illustrated article with my own tweet. (laughs) Those are always fun to come across. Yeah, all right. So they said, so Charlie from Milford said, we are senior citizens and have enjoyed Big Red football ever since Bob Devaney came in 1962. 334 football games. We think the new stadium stadium sound system is great. However, it was so loud we could hardly talk to each other. People could probably hear it in Crete. Come on, turn it down halfway and buy and by the way, it would be nice to have some wonderful music instead of this hip-hop hogwash, the kind that Dr. Tom could enjoy. Now, people sort of thought at one point this person might have been trolling, and it could have been a fake thing. Sure. But it also came forward that this person probably was real. And I think that's the thing is you're, you're sort of seeing, and I don't think it's just exclusive to Nebraska. I think you're seeing in a lot of different programs sort of this power struggle between – the people who are sort of like of the generation of like this is our team this is the tradition we want this you know sort of power over what it is versus like the new generation of fans that are coming into it or that are trying to like now make it their own so you sort of have this weird like power struggle between two different sides where it's like we don't want the tunnel walk music to change we don't want this to change we don't want you know we want to go back to what it was 
And then you've got a whole new set of fans that are like, hey, it might be cool to actually try new things and do different things. And so I think that's the the challenge that a lot of teams are facing. And it's going to have to, like, many teams are going to have to, like, decide what what do you keep and what do you not where do you ebb or like everyone's gonna have to ebb and flow just a little bit and be a little bit willing to give and take but yeah no you missed you missed some fun changes when the new uh when the uh new speakers and sound system went in i think another problem that and this is not just nebraska this is everywhere in college football that programs are running into is there's like a real struggle now to get fans to realize that the game day experience is not just about fans it's also about recruits yes because the game day experience especially here at nebraska the coaches have made no bones about the fact that they want to get kids here to experience game day they don't want to bring them in in the summertime when nothing's happening they want them to experience game day game day experiences are just as much in in today's current football world about recruits and showing off how cool your university is Mm -hmm. as it is about the fan having a cool experience obviously the program still wants the fans to have a good experience and 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 you know if they've if our grandparents bring grandkids they want the the grandkids to be able to see um, all the things that the grandparents grew up with that's fine but they also are trying to appeal to a younger generation of kids that want hip-hop hogwash that want uh to, to look up and see complete blackout that want to see just it happening. I mean, one of the things that was just really sort of mind blowing to me is when I went to Ohio Stadium two seasons ago. Obviously, we'll probably get to see it again this year. They bring in these massive speakers. I mean, they're they're I don't even know they're probably two times an, an athlete's height. Like these speakers are just massive, and why they do it is they pump in the music that's being played over the loudspeakers right on the field level and then they strategically place the recruits right in front of them so that the recruits are getting just so amped up because the noise is so loud and I mean Ohio Stadium is a loud stadium to begin with it's Mm -hmm. a big loud stadium but they're purposely bringing these like massive speakers in to just even like blow that up even more and just really immerse these recruits in it so it's like Everyone is doing that. Everyone wants the recruits walking away going, this was amazing because as much as we do, like you said, want to think it's about, you know, us as the fans or us as, you know, whatever, to a certain degree, we're not the ones that they're trying to get to play football for them. So they're also trying to appease these younger, Mm -hmm. these younger kids. And I think, you know, it's sort of understanding that like the things that they like are not going to necessarily be the things that we like. And you just, you kind of learn that like, the stuff my mom like is not the stuff I like. It just it keeps going like that. And so it's just trying to understand how do we support each other and how do we keep traditions, but how do we sort of make traditions new for younger generations to also enjoy. So I think it's going to take some time um, because I, I think there's still, especially in Nebraska, this belief system that all it is is blue hairs who sit the entire game versus the students trying to get everyone sitting or standing so it'll be it's it's an it's a power struggle. That's the best way I can put it. Just a good old power struggle. Good question, Richard. Thank you for that. And I also, Richard, how did you get your handle? That's what I want to know. I think I think you should sell it. You could try to sell he it to the university and try to make some money off of it. One of the things that I would like to ask you about next, and this might just be me thinking about it, but um, this is to me at least kind of felt like a boring off season. Don't knock on wood. So. So we had the initial, um, you know, Scott agreed to come here in December. Mm-hmm. And and when that happened, and I'm not talking boring locally, I'm talking nationally. Mm-hmm. When that happened, everybody looked at Nebraska. Everybody talked about Nebraska. Um, you know, Bruce Feldman came here. Max Olson mm-hmm. from The Athletic came here. You had some of these national writers that were coming here to do their Scott Frost think piece. But since then... Since that kind of excitement of "Hey, Frost is back" has faded a little bit, mm-hmm. no one talks about. No one has talked about Nebraska. Right. Is that fair? Or is that just something that I'm seeing? Uh, I think it's fair. I think part of that is Frost's doing. I think he's purposely trying to. I think there's two sides to this. I think Frost is purposely sort of keeping things as low key as he can. I think he understands the challenge ahead, so I think he understands the danger of over over hyping things. And so by staying relatively quiet, by not releasing height and weights until you absolutely need to, and by not, um, you know, by kind of streamlining the information that gets out from summer camp and what's going on, 
it, it allows him to sort of control the hype. Sure. And I think that's important because I think we really could have had a very wild summer if they had wanted to. I think you could easily be releasing. And I know Zach Duvall has released some videos and photos of the gains that the players have made. And some of the players have said things as well. But they could have like blown that up and turned it into a big thing where it was like, look at this guy and how big he's getting. And that would have been huge news. But I think they're purposely like they're they don't really want to make too big of a deal of, you know, any kind of news. Players leaving, players making gains. They just wanted to sort of stay as quiet as possible, as long as possible, because the expectations will gotta get out of control once fall camp starts. I will never forget uh Verdusco just kinda of walking in and be like, You guys know about Patrick, right? Yeah, that was wild. Huh? No, we don't know about Patrick. Oh, well you'll have to ask him. Yeah. He uh, okay. he asked me he asked me one day about that. He's like, I thought you guys, I thought you had known about it, and I think what that told me is they also come from a very different environment with UCF and some of the programs they'd been at previously. Obviously, Scott had been at Oregon, so I think he kind of understands. But the Nebraska, the beast that is Nebraska football, is so unique. Even I would even say comparatively to. Oh, gosh. I'm trying to, like, yeah, you think of some of your bigger programs like Alabama, Ohio State, and whatever. And, yeah, you're going to have a huge media core that's there all the time looking for stuff. But, like. Well, Oklahoma was not like this. No. I, yeah, Nebraska is just a very unique situation where I think my point is people expect it from a team like Alabama who's, like, winning all the time. But then Nebraska, I mean, last season didn't even go to a bowl game and you still have a media scrum of like 50 people so it's sort of a it's an interesting beast to tackle uh people want information i want to be able to be there to give people information but i think scott understands the sort of potential danger of giving too much away too quickly so i think he's been sort of tempering expectations by just not allowing too much hype because he could have totally allowed all kinds of profiles on him this this off season sure um i i think that was all done intentionally. At the same time, I think it's a little bit easier this year. And I guess that will be my next question is when will it not be as easy? Because we're going to... After the season. The hope <laughs> with this new coaching staff is going to be that, you know, after this season, we're going to be able to, in the off season talk about here are three things that Nebraska needs to do to get to the college football playoff. Mm-hmm. Or we're going to be talking about, you know, way too early top 25s, where Nebraska sits, should they be higher, should they be lower. We're going to be needing to talk about, hopefully, um, you know, preseason watch lists, All-American mm-hmm. lists, trophy lists, and things like that. So when does that point come? Like how far away from that point do you think we are? You he said gets one next season. season. Yeah, he so, gets one season. So next season, next People, off season, we'll be talking about that. I think, I think you get through this season – in pending like an incomplete implosion and it's like an 0 and 12 season which will not happen but i've been saying i think it's a six and six season in any other case i think people would be very upset with a six and six season i think what's going to happen this year is people would get to a six and six season get to a bowl game and be like that's fine what's rebuilding well that would be central florida after year yeah well then like we've talked about that would be a nightmare that would create quite the expectations for next year but i think regardless of what they're either this season the the thing that also worries me i after we talked about that so for anyone who doesn't know derek and i were kind of talking about like what's the sweet spot for like a win-loss record where it doesn't over like it doesn't make the um it doesn't overhype the expectations going forward and I'm not sure what it is because if you get six and six, suddenly then you're like, well, they're going to be twelve and zero next year because that's what he did at UCF. If he exceeds the six and six, seven and five mark and gets into an eight and four, nine and three territory, say games just start going in their favor and they get those wins, well, that's just going to like excel it. That's just going to like go even quicker where people are going to be like, well, if they can do eight and four, nine and three in the first season, like they should be 10 and two, 11 and one. Second, I mean, you, you are going to have expectations no matter what they end at this year. And I think it's like whenever the bowl game is, if they get to a bowl game, the next day you wake up, that's when people are going to start asking the questions. How does this get better? How do you get it further? How do you win the West? How do you win the Big Ten? How do you win this? People are going to, they get one season to sort of like the expectations to be sort of like, does it matter? 
those expectations are going to kick into gear very, very hard the day after the bowl game. <laughs> That'll be good for us. You oh. never want you never want a Brandon Head. Um, he put it like perfectly. There was like they got through bad news season with nothing but good news. Mm-hmm. You don't want um, to have to write a story about say your quarterback getting tackled by cops and having to put that video out there and having to go through all that. You don't want you know players getting arrested or things being you know kids doing stupid stuff uh, when there's mm-hmm. not football going on. And I don't think I, I don't think we'll ever have that as long as Scott Frost is in town. You might have one or two isolated incidents of that, but I don't. I mean, I, he feels like the type of guy that's just not gonna. You're not gonna have those kids in the first place. Yeah. Um, but I am very much looking forward to the. Uh, you know, Nebraska is gonna play for a national title or bust off season. Yeah, I mean, those will be fun. It gives us something to talk about, and I think it also changes. I think it sort of changes because, like, right now, like, for instance, we don't know what kind of access we're going to get for fall camp. And so when I've told people that, they're like, oh, I don't care if the media doesn't get any access to – I just want them to go out and win. I think that's fine. I think that that belief changes after this season. I think people are going to want information from practice. I think right now it's just kind of in the stage of, like, let the guy have his Mm -hmm. first season, and that's why I can understand why some people have made those comments. But I don't think that that will last forever. I think it – changes well i mean it's it's easy to say that now but where were those people when um you know the defense gave up however many points they gave up in game one last year and there was nobody to talk about it afterwards Mm -hmm. you know um let's move on that's pretty good oklahoma state's gonna sell alcohol at boone Pickens stadium um i think i saw there were three or four other teams in the big 12 that are doing that as well i know texas is doing it big 12 party it's a thing where you're you're starting to sell alcohol uh at football games they're going to stop before the fourth quarter begins is that something that we will see at nebraska in the near future do you think (laughs) as long as tom osborne is alive no i think moose said something about that something to that effect i i mean i'm just saying like i'm in no way like i I just we know from his time as athletic director that that is something that Tom is Dr. Tom is very opposed to is selling alcohol in a Nebraska like venue. Um, I know like you can the, it was a huge deal. I remember the, when they built Pinnacle Bank Arena, it was a huge deal that you can buy alcohol there obviously outside of a Nebraska game. Um, but if you go to a concert and stuff, obviously they have all that stuff, but people would thought maybe this would be the the door. That you, you can get in with basketball, that people could come and buy alcohol. And uh, I just think he still has so much persuade. He's so persuasive within this athletic department. He doesn't even have to have any official role in that athletic department and his voice is heard. And I just think as long as, I think as long as he is alive, that won't be an option. Well, I mean, Moose said he called Osborne within, you know, like, a couple hours of taking the Nebraska job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I just, I, there's no other way for me to really put it, but I just, and and I don't mean, it sounds so morbid because it's not like, oh, well, the day that like, you know, Dr. Tom passes, suddenly it's going to change. I have no idea. I just am saying as long as he has his voice within this athletic department, which he will continue to have as long as he is alive, I just don't think it will happen. Now, I don't think it's a bad idea. I'm sort of on the, like, in the bandwagon of I, I think it would be a smart investment, mm-hmm. especially as you're trying to combat decline, like, the decline in... You're trying to get people to show up to games, to convince them that sitting on their couch at home being warm, especially when it's super cold outside, is not a better deal than being at the game. If you can give them extra incentive, whether that's selling alcohol or widening the seats to be more comfortable or whatever else. Chick-fil-A in the stadium. (sighs) Going outside of the three things that Nebraska has always sold for all of history. I would love to have Chick-fil-A. There's only one Chick-fil-A here. There's only one Chick-fil-A in in this city. No, they're building another one though. Are they? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the one that's going into the the student union on campus. No, there's another one going. Um, not I can't remember the exact location of it, but there's going to be multiple. I mean, you should just come to Omaha sometime. We have several. There, I'm upset that there there's only one here that I can eat at right now. There are there's several. a Chick Fil A like everywhere, every corner I turn on. Back there's home, several. You know who's getting a Shake Shack? Kansas City. I want a Shake Shack in. 
it's actually funny what made me think of Shake Shack is because you mentioned how Chick-fil-A is going into the student union. They're getting a steak and steak shake. Steak and shake. Steak and shake is not the same thing as Shake Shack. And so many people thought when they announced Steak and Shake that it was Shake Shack. I'm like, Seriously? not the same Two thing. Two completely different things. Two completely different things. They might have the best shoestring french fries of any like fast food place ever. Steak yeah. and Shake. They're very good. It's just not the same thing as Shake Shack. <laughs> we might have to get that while we're in uh, in Chicago. Chicago. I know where well. it's at. Yep, yeah, it's actually not far from the media, like where the like uh, Big Ten Media Days is actually being held. So uh, if anyone needs us, we will be at Shake Shack. Shake Shack. There's a Giordano's going in there. I'm getting hungry. Um, I'm super hungry. I think it'd be cool. I think you getting putting alcohol for the exact reason that you just said because it would get people to come as opposed to sitting on their couch yeah i mean you have to like in this day and age where everyone has like those massive tvs and you can just sit on your couch and watch multiple games the difference is is, like when people were going to the games before it was because you couldn't see it on tv or you're having to buy it on pay-per-view now you can get like every game you want in some format you don't even have to have cable anymore Mm -hmm. you don't even have to have satellite anymore you could just like be using like whatever your playstation view your sling whatever and youtube tv yeah youtube tv so i mean there's so many ways for people to just stay home that you need to incentivize people to show up and it it won't get everyone, but I guarantee you some people would be like, eh, I'll come to a football game if I can sit here and drink beer with my friends. Like, why not? Sure. But yeah. you have to be willing to take that risk of, I get it. Then you have to have extra police officers and yada, yada, yada. There's all kinds of like sick things. I get it. But you'd figure it out. Also, you would get uh, hilarious Twitter moments because you would always get the, the guy that drinks too much that says something stupid and then gets his face pounded in. The places that have... Those are great viral moments. They have like drunk tanks in their stadiums or in their like arenas and those are always where you hear the best stories of the person who has to like sit the rest of the game in the drunk tank because they can't be in the stands <laughs> mm-hmm. need a nebraska drunk tank mm-hmm. let's move to opponent previews now um so we never got to the west teams so we'll hit on them now this season for nebraska it's purdue at home then it's at wisconsin at northwestern minnesota at home illinois at home on the road against Iowa. Ooh. How many wins are there? What is that? Six teams? Mm. Six games. How many wins? Oh, gosh. Uh, I feel like this is where a majority of your wins come. I, I feel like I could go as low as three. Where I could say there's... Here's how I'll say it. There are three... Oh, gosh, no. I would say there are... There is one guaranteed win on this list... Uh, there are two others I feel more comfortable with. There's one that I feel like is a toss-up, and then there's two that I think one could go either way. So just to break this down really quick. Let me guess. Okay. I feel like I know which one. Okay. So the one that's guaranteed, yes. Illinois. Yes. Your two that are toss-ups are Purdue and Minnesota. Yes. And then your iffy coin toss is Iowa. No. Oh, really? Northwestern. Northwestern is the toss-up? It's just because of how close those games have always okay. been. It's just because notoriously they're, they're decided by less than a touchdown so then iowa and wisconsin are the ones that you do not feel good about no and i think i don't feel good about wisconsin at all sure um i feel a little bit better about iowa the only thing that concerns me is it's on the road at iowa um i just i don't know i think nebraska could go into that iowa game and really make a statement and i think it would tell us a lot about how the strength and conditioning sort of looked over the season I think that's always been a concern is by the time they get to that Iowa game, they look gassed. Like, that hope would be that they don't this year. Uh, I just, I think Wisconsin is going to be the very particularly tough one in the West. Iowa's going to be problematic. Northwestern is just typically always pretty problematic for some reason with Nebraska. I don't know why these two teams historically play each other close, but they do. Um, and your your preview on Northwestern didn't make me feel a whole lot better about that. I was not expecting the defensive numbers that I found. Yeah, I'm not feeling super good about that. And then, I mean, Illinois is a gimme because <laughs> I'm surprised Lovey Smith still has his job. Um, Purdue nearly beat Nebraska last year, so I'm just so gun shy about them now. And like, I. I don't even want to, Minnesota didn't happen last year. Let's just never talk about Minnesota again. Well, Minnesota doesn't have a quarterback. So Minnesota's not. And, I'm and, their and quarterback. All of their depth is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel Illinois, Minnesota, Purdue mm-hmm. are wins. I'm pretty confident that I can say that now and you can come back to me in okay. uh, September and I'll be like, yeah, I'll stand by that. So there's three right there. Okay. 
I have said for the longest time, I think they're going to beat Iowa. I feel like I feel I just don't want to jinx it. So that would put you at, let's just say conservatively three and three. Mm -hmm. You have won three games in your Mm non-conference. Because I don't think anybody expects them to lose to Akron or Colorado or Troy. Okay. So you're 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 six and three with the three East teams left to go. Okay. I mean, you got a puncher's chance at seven and five, eight and eight and four. You do. It just things have to go. Things have to just go exceptionally. You. Ugh. The thing that I think I get very nervous on, and people like to yell at me on Twitter about this when I bring these concerns up, is. One, I know a lot of people have resolved themselves to the fact that Adrian Martinez is the starter this season, and I don't think that's fair because you just do not know until you put a quarterback in a high-pressure situation how it's going to work. I think the whole new red shirt, mm-hmm. I think the new red shirt rule is amazing in this situation because you can see how he reacts in that moment, and if he's ready, great. You march on. If he's not, then you redshirt him for a year and you get through this season. Sure. But aside from that, like I understand that like we all want to talk about who's it going to be? Adrian Martinez, Tristan Jebbia, Andrew Bunch. Like I've heard even people be still calling Andrew Bunch's name out. None of it matters if the offensive line can't hold their own. Like this is my hill to die on. The offensive line has to be better. And I've actually started to notice that people have shifted their thinking because by the end of last season, everyone was like on this of, oh, yeah, the offensive line has to get better. We've hit the point in the offseason where people are like, well, the offense is what the offensive line was better last season. I mean, it could be better this year, but it could also not be. It was so terrible last year. It was so bad. Like, you let's can, not like make this sound better than it was. <laughs> any, any run metric that you look at, I'm going to pull this up right now. Any run metric that you look at, they're in the, the 100s, the 110s. It's, it was so bad last year. Um, that's the one that, that has to get better. Yeah. And I think, you know, all of us have been saying that for the longest time, that the offense is not going to work unless that offensive line is better. And yep. Frost and company have said that this this system helps offensive linemen. It does. Sure. But what is what is that improvement to? But so it's interesting talking to Greg Austin because when he walked into Nebraska, and people wanted sort of a comparison of – well, what was it like when he walked into UCF? Like, what did you see that was different? When he walked into UCF, he saw a bunch of guys who, like, hated each other. They didn't want to hang out with each other. They left practice. It was like the second the final whistle blew at practice, they were all like, peace out. I don't want to be here. I don't want to talk to anybody. So his thing at, the, at UCF was taking a bunch of talented guys and making them want to play together and make them work together because they did not want to play together. At Nebraska, he's he has talent, but he has said this very, very openly and very honestly. They like each other almost to a point that it's like problematic at the same time. Like he walked in, they're all like, he's like, it, it, it presents its own set of challenges where he doesn't want them to like dislike each other, but it does present challenges when they like can't focus in practice. And he's having to sort of like rein them in, pay attention, study your playbook, do what I'm asking. And, and so you could hear his like him saying like, this isn't a complete rebuild like it was at UCF. Mm-hmm. I'm not having to make them like each other. I'm not having to like teach them how to like do everything I need them to do. These guys have the fundamentals there, but it sounds like what he's having to work against is maybe like the work ethic a little bit and making them, you know, know when to like turn it on when they're in practice and like put the time and the attention there. And that's got to be just an entirely different well, set of challenges that's one thing that he has said is the accountability and the work ethic was not there no they but, showed up but they were all best but they're all best buddies that's the difference it's not like they were like not not accountable because they don't like each other they all like each other they're not supposed to be friends they're supposed to hate each other and they're supposed to be killers and go out there no color anywhere <laughs> no touching your hair you just have to go out there and kill whoever's in front of you that's that's your goal as a football player and if you don't do that you're you don't off the to team football. uh who will be the tougher game Northwestern or Iowa? Both of them are on the road. Uh, Northwestern because they have a grass field. Does Iowa have a grass field? Iowa, they just redid a whole bunch. They have a turf. They have turf, Kinnick right? Stadium is, I, I saw this last Iowa. year. Somebody was asking about how, um, it was actually at media day. Someone was asking the coach, one of the coaches, like, you you know, when you play at Kinnick Stadium, the, the fans are so much closer and there's so mm-hmm. much fewer so much less at space. Iowa? yeah yeah it is so there's two there's two so i just did check they do have turf i will be perfectly honest 
the Iowa game two years ago, aside from being just a really rough game all around, like I remember very little of it because for those that don't know me and my story, I was involved in a really serious car accident two years ago. And that was the game my neighbors were honored as the um, Hy-Vee Heroes Award, uh, Heroes Trophy Game Award, whatever. Uh, and I, I, that whole day was sort of just like a blur for me. So like, I remember very little. That's why I had to Google like, is it turf field? And they do have turf. Um, Northwestern, what's kind of from just a f- stadium perspective, they have grass field, which is not like the best grass field, which I know grass fields are really difficult to care for. The lighting is kind of weird. That's the other thing that's just like a little strange is like, Brandon had noted, he's like, the lighting's a little strange. We're getting into stadium aesthetics here. It is, but okay. it is, like, it, it kind of messes with things just a little bit. Okay. Um, in Iowa, you are right. It's right, they're, like, right there. In fact, media can't go on the sidelines until a very specific point in the fourth quarter because there's just no room. So, I feel like... That's dumb. Yeah. I uh, have a whole story I could tell you about that whole ordeal at Iowa two years ago. But a lot of stuff about Iowa seems dumb to me. I don't know. So the color is gross. <laughs> now we're just getting it. Colors are terrible. Well no, the the Iowa yellow is the worst worst color on the planet. Is it? It's just gross. Is it? Yeah. Uh <laughs> it's terrible. It's 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 worse than Texas Orange. Um and that I mean that that says something if that's me saying it. Okay. From a football standpoint, not from an aesthetic, so not from or, aesthetic. or, you know, like the stadium lights are going to mess with, or the color is going to be so awful that it's blinding. Football standpoint, which will be the tougher game? I'm going to probably still take Iowa. You think so? Okay. Then, like, from what your preview said, Northwestern's defense is going to be problematic for any team and for Nebraska. I think the difference is, and this is where Scott Frost his type of offensive defensive mashup works is regardless of what kind of they're going to score points the question is is can nebraska's defense stop northwestern from scoring more points essentially um i think that one could fall in nebraska's favor it's iowa that concerns me just a little bit more because of where it's at in the season uh i don't know there's a lot of reason for me to kind of feel uneasy about both when i think about iowa the talent in the 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 on paper the football team i feel like nebraska could be closer but i think iowa might have a psychological advantage over nebraska that would be a good point similar to what maybe wisconsin has over nebraska more so than northwestern even though those games have been close you know last year went to overtime and nebraska lost that game but nebraska has won close games against them the last couple years against iowa has just not been great so I feel like they might have a little bit of a psychological edge. I don't expect Nebraska to under frost to to have too many games where they get out hit or they get outworked. Mm-hmm. But that, I mean, having a an, an just a, a psychological edge over your opponent, having that kind of advantage, that's a big advantage in football. Oh my gosh, I'm just now I'm just curious. So just for the sake of like knowing again, because I the whole Northwestern thing is wild. So Nebraska lost in overtime last, but the fact that they got to overtime is wild. So they lose in overtime last season, 2016. They Nebraska wins 24 to 13, which I think was like the biggest margin of like victory between both teams since they moved to the conference. If I yeah, because right? three years ago it was Nebraska won lost. Sorry, excuse me, lost 30 to 28. And here's the other thing that's crazy. So maybe this is where not to go back to the whole stadium thing, but whoever is the visiting team tends to win in this matchup. So maybe because they're at Northwestern, Nebraska has an edge. Maybe they like the weird lighting in the grass turn, the grass field. Which is funny because Wisconsin hasn't won at Northwestern in like ten years. <sighs> so Nebraska could beat Wisconsin. I will just transitive property. That's what it sounds like. I just yeah just. You could do what, like, Reddit does where, like, they do that map during the season where, like, you take over a certain area based on, like, your win. So, like, you could just win by proximity of winning a location. No, I just remember that Wisconsin game where they lost 23-17 to two years ago. And that is, I think, a very mental thing because that game, we were already down on the sideline. In my mind, Nebraska had that game won. I was, like, in, I was, like thinking, like, okay, what are we going to write? What are we going to do? They're going to win. And I was two feet from John Perella and Trent Bray as that 
everything took place right in the end zone. And I will just never forget the emotion and the curse words and all the things that came out of their mouth. And in that moment, I was just like, you know, for people who want a rivalry, Wisconsin could be that team some point because I just, the emotion that goes through players and coaches with that team, that's a volatile environment. But, uh, yeah, no, now I'm just looking at the schedule over the last couple of years and just getting sad all over again. Okay, well, let's think about another sad thing that no. doesn't relate to Nebraska. <laughs> no Nebraska sadness. Who will be, who will be, I think we're, we're in agreement who will finish first in the West. Who will finish last in who the West? Who will finish last in the West? Illinois. You think Illinois? Yeah. I think it's going to be Minnesota. Really? I do. Really? Illinois had so many guys, so many young players last year, underclassmen that played. I think it was something like 60 or 70% of snaps belonged to, to freshmen or sophomores. There's something crazy going on out there. I'm just trying to ignore it. Um, um, but fresh- do, you, do you understand, if Minnesota finishes behind Illinois, like does Lovey Smith keep his job? They're recruiting really well right now. Illinois is. <laughs> I, I think he he. I'm is not laughing able... at you. It just makes me think of like when we like would say that about Mike Riley because he actually did recruit pretty well. He did. But like when we'd be like, well, he's at least recruiting really well right now. That's when you know you've hit like things aren't going super well. But Illinois also doesn't have the expectations of Nebraska. Illinois is no. also a team where does you... Minnesota have the expectations? I think Minnesota has expectations because of who their head coach is. But I think, I mean, if they are if they're, if they're last in the West this season, I don't think Fleck is going to be in trouble because they have nothing. I mean, they have nothing. Like you have nothing. Like I, I had it in the the preview piece that I wrote. So they don't have a quarterback. Okay. There are two quarterbacks that played last year. One of them graduated. One of them transferred. Okay. Demery Croft that just bulldozed Nebraska. He transferred. He's gone. Mm-hmm. They had three quarterbacks heading into the spring. One of them was a JUCO transfer that was a really good get for Fleck. He transferred away. Your two remaining quarterbacks are a redshirt freshman and a walk-on true freshman. Who's going to throw fine. the ball? That's fine. I mean, right? I mean, this they, is all good. The least efficient running back from last year returns in terms of like yards per carry and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And Rodney Smith, I believe is his name. Um, senior, great. A bunch of, uh, of, of tracking numbers. But he wasn't very efficient. Right. The guys behind him were a little bit better at finding the holes, a little bit better at breaking big runs. They're all gone. Wide right. receivers, one guy caught a third of the passes. Uh, three guys, including Rodney Smith, caught another third. Mm-hmm. And the remaining third of all targets last year are gone. Gosh, that's like... I think the expectations are so low for Illinois, but I guess the expectations shouldn't be much higher for Minnesota. I just watched Minnesota beat Nebraska last year, so am I like, I'm just jaded. But I think people talk about the end of last season football-wise for Nebraska and how Nebraska just kind of gave up and stopped playing. I didn't feel that. I, I felt, didn't feel that. For the most part, there were, there were two times last season where I felt the team just kind of stopped. Mm-hmm. The Iowa game and the Minnesota game. After that... After that fourth and one against Minnesota where they couldn't get it, mm-hmm. I felt like it started to break a little bit. And then when Tanner got hurt and didn't come out the second half, I think the dam broke. Mm-hmm. That is the only time. Like, Minnesota's not scoring 54 points again. No. They're just not. I don't think they're going to hit 50 at all this season. I will I will say, like, without saying who said it, but I think one of the really hard things for me was listening to the players sort of talk about that end of that season. And I didn't like when people just assumed that they stopped playing or they gave up all toward the end of the season because I don't think that that was true at all. I, I would agree with you. I think, the, I think the challenge was is I think it was the Minnesota game where they started to realize that what the writing was on the wall with their coach. Mm-hmm. A lot of them started to understand what was happening. And it's not that they didn't see it before, because obviously when your athletic director is fired, you have that oper- you know, that chance is there that your coach could go as well. Mm-hmm. But I think it was right around the Minnesota game where the reality was starting to set in of like what was happening. And by the time the Iowa game came, just listening to how the seniors were just so heartbroken because one, they didn't, that wasn't how they wanted to end. They wanted to get to a bowl game. They wanted more. 
but they were also sort of balancing like this like their own personal feelings about their season's ending with realizing that their coach was also probably about to lose his job and I think we have to remember that these are you know 18 to 22 year old young men for the most part and I think of like how I handled things when I was 22 and you have a tendency to be you have I mean even to this day I like I wouldn't say I don't know how I would handle a situation like that so to expect them to not have like any emotion about what's happening off the field when it comes onto the field you could see how much they carried right onto the field with them and I think for me I just saw a team that wasn't having fun anymore yeah, that's the one. And for the people that say that they quit, watch the second half of the Penn State game. Yeah, they didn't. Like that that game was like And I don't believe I Penn State let their foot off the gas a little bit, but I don't believe that, that Penn State just allowed Nebraska to get within what was it, twelve points? Well no, listen to James Franklin and everything he said. He didn't walk in and like in his post game press conference make it seem like he was upset because of the sake like no he was genuinely not happy because he felt like his team should have played better than they did against Nebraska that wasn't him walking in going well I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend to be upset so that Nebraska feels good about itself no he was literally going why is my team not playing better against this team Mm -hmm. why would even if you did pull out your starters and let your foot off the gas a little bit you shouldn't like it shouldn't have gotten that close for them and I think that's the thing that you have to remember is Nebraska still wasn't going to win that game, but James Franklin was still asking himself after that game, why did it get as close as it did? And it doesn't get that close if the other team is not playing. Regardless of who of who the the team that's ahead, regardless of who they're playing, the the margin doesn't get that much closer if the team that's losing quits. Right. You could have first team going against third team, and if the first team doesn't care about what's happening on the field, that game doesn't get closer. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. That that Penn State game told me a lot about the potential talent on that team. I saw actually a lot of really good things, oddly enough, with the offensive line. I saw some areas that we want to see stronger, better, more efficient play from, and I thought the defense, I thought that the secondary played a lot stronger in the second half of that game, and it wasn't perfect. But it showed glimpses of what these kids are capable of. And so now the question you have for someone like Scott Frost is how do you take what you saw in the second half of Penn State and make that possible all the time? Because that's what you want. And I I, I don't think it's fair to look at the Iowa game as like a point of representation of that team. I think that at that point they that were, game wasn't a game. They were carrying all of the weight of everything they knew was going to happen. Yep. And it was sort of like it felt like the way I went into that game, because I remember it was 70 degrees and sunny, and I it kind of felt like, what a sunny day for a funeral. Yeah, it felt like a wake. It was just like, we're all here, and we all know what's happening. Nebraska fans were even saying on social media, we're here to like send Mike Riley out on like the best possible note we can. And I just remember feeling like it was the weirdest day of football mm-hmm. I've ever experienced. And how do you then tell a bunch of young men, play like none of this is happening? Yeah. Because, I mean, I was sitting there and it felt like, it felt like a very heavy day. Yeah. And it was just a weird, I don't, I hope I never have to experience a game like that again. Because it was weird. It was a weird day. I think I wrote that in my, uh, one preview that I did. Did you? Recently, yeah. I think I wrote in there that it felt more like a wake than it did a college football game. Mm-hmm. It was a weird day. You're right. Where does Nebraska finish in the West? Third? Fourth? I think third is like very fair. I think that's that's safe. I think they could get as high as two. I don't think they're winning the West. I've had some people tell me they're going to win the West. They're not winning the West this year. Sorry. I just can't wait for like 10, 10 and 2 this season and they go to the Big Ten Championship. Oh my gosh. And if so, that happens, I've told people if that happens, I'm totally fine being wrong that direction. I would rather be wrong that direction than what happened last year where I was projecting like a much different outcome. Mm-hmm. I would rather be way wrong because I under my expectations were under than over exceed. I I would rather them over exceed my expectations than under. So for me, I'm gonna play it safe. I'm playing it six and six. They get to a bowl game. We're super happy with that, and then we go into 2019 and they become national champions. Still on the UCF timeline. I am. I, it's just like that's that's the easiest thing to go with right now. I think. When I look at it, when I look at the team, I think talent-wise, they've got more talent than Purdue. Purdue lost a lot. I think they've got more talent than Iowa. Mm-hmm. 
I think they've got more talent. I mean, they've obviously got more talent than Illinois and Minnesota. We've spent the last 20 minutes, you know, ragging on them. Um, PJ Fleck almost like body checked me um, at, in Minnesota last year. So I'm just terrified of him. And I also had to sit on a plane with a bunch of his assistants uh, who kept telling people they were elite for an entire plane ride to Oregon. So that whole, like, that whole, that whole thing just terrifies me. So I hope they never listen to this. Please, no one alert PJ Fleck to us ragging on him because he, ter- he terrifies me. <laughs> terrifies me. He is he is intense, intense human. I'm excited to see what suit he wears for media days this year. Okay, but he is very well dressed. Yeah, I will give him that. Yeah, he's, yep. well he's very well dressed. We are a week ish away from. We can. Three days. Heading to Chicago for or, well, Big Ten Media Days. Well, two days ahead there, but three days from, a week and three days from an actually beginning. Yeah, from Big Ten Media Days. Uh, Hail Varsity will be there. We will have plenty of coverage. Leading up until that point, uh, we'll probably get an announcement here in the next... My money's on Monday. Do you think Monday when we'll find out who's going from Nebraska? Yeah, I feel like it's either a 5 p.m. news dump on a Friday, which I can't imagine will happen at this point, or a Monday. I think it's going to be a Monday. It's usually about the week out. We should also be getting um, in the next week or so, hopefully, something along the lines of a preseason All-Big Ten team. Maybe we'll get a Husker or two on that. Um, I wonder if Adrian gets any votes for Offensive Newcomer of the Year. Maybe. Or Greg Bell. Hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Um, we'll have plenty of coverage on, on HailVarsity.com. Big Red Recon is posted, uh, like I said in the intro. Mm-hmm. Um, read Brandon Vogel's Hot Reads every single morning. Uh, we have content planning. Shout tons out Aaron. Tons of content planning. No, uh, there's tons of good stuff next week. I mean, just looking at it right now, we've got the uh, um, road race on Sunday. Both Derek I and I will that. be there. So if you are running it, feel free to say hi to us. Otherwise, we will have coverage for you on both social media and our website from the F- Uplifting Athletes Road Race. Um, Greg is unfortunately on vacation next week. So if that means, that means, everyone... There will be a ton of commitments next week, so clear your calendars because if Greg is on vacation, that's what that will that's what will happen. Um, but otherwise, also in Omaha next weekend, there's the Pinnacle Bank Championship. Hail Varsity will be out there. Uh, you can meet some of us, just see some fun golf. Um, but yeah, I've kind of been looking at some of the plans for this next week of like different content stories, and I think people are gonna like what they see. There's some fun stuff on here. I'm just gonna have you start hosting this podcast. Yeah. I'm going to. Much better host. Uh, That is going to do it for this week. We will be back next week with... Maybe we should just podcast like on the plane ride to Media Days. That might be cool. On Sunday? On Sunday. Yeah, that might be cool. That's fine. A scenic podcast. A scenic podcast. Uh, But regardless, we will be back next week. So keep it with Hail Varsity. Until then, thanks guys.